Welcome to Biology for Bastards, teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard. I'm your host, John Doty. Thanks for listening. This season, we're going through the AP Biology curriculum, one chapter at a time, and we are on to chapter 21, talking about the evolution of genomes. This is going to be another short and quick one. We've had a couple quick ones here lately. Uh, this one is going to be kind of along the lines of that because what we're really talking about is the Human Genome Project is how we're going to introduce everything which started back in the 90s and it got completed in 2003 and we're going to talk about how this kind of opened our eyes to how genomes which is just all the shit in an organism, all their DNA, the whole fucking thing, how that changes over time. And that's going to be a good segue into the final chapters that we're going to talk about in this season. We got like a dozen of them, so calm the fuck down. But our final section is going to be all about evolution. So let's just dive right in with this bioinformatics and genome evolution shit. So Bioinformatics is using computers and all that fun stuff to figure out sequences of shit. That's how they used, or that's how they figured out the human genome. They used this um, technique called shotgun sequencing, where they would sequence a whole bunch of little pieces of DNA. Not little, but you know, smaller. And they would look for situations where there was overlap where they have sequences that were exactly the same and they'd use that and just like if you had part of a picture on one slide and part of a picture on another and you started to layer those slides over each other you would start to see the full image and that's what they did with the shotgun sequencing and what they found out was that the human genome has about 3 billion base pairs which codes for about 20,000 genes but only about one and a half percent of those code for protein or just RNA in general. The rest of it is just repetitive shit, multiple copies doing absolutely nothing. It used to be called junk DNA. Um, that name has changed recently. So they're getting away from calling it junk DNA, but that's how they felt about it when they first discovered it some 16 years ago or something. Um, they called it junk. What we have found now is of that non-coding DNA um, we have transposable elements so these stretches that can be moved from one place to another within the genome actually make up about 75 percent of the repetitive DNA and there's two types we have these transposons and we have retro transposons so they're very similar just a little different um, you could tell by their names hopefully Hopefully you're not that nice, we'll say. Slow. I was thinking slow or stupid, but I wanted to say nice because I'm trying to be a happier person today. So ignore I called those people stupid or dense or slow. Let's just say nice. So these transposons versus retro transposons. What a transposon does is it moves within the genome with a DNA intermediate. So it is in the genome, it is copied into a chunk of DNA, 
and then it can insert itself somewhere else in the genome. It's kind of a copy and paste mechanism where you make a copy of it and then you insert it somewhere else. And it requires this enzyme called transposase. Um, not a big fucking deal if you don't remember that. Um, but they are different from the retrotransposons because retrotransposons have this RNA intermediate. So the original copy is left alone. So it's not a cut and paste or a copy and paste like with the transposon, but you make this RNA intermediate and then that RNA intermediate um, is reverse transcribed into DNA and then that DNA inserts itself somewhere else in the genome. So it's got to use reverse transcriptase to go from RNA back to DNA. Kind of like um, retroviruses when we talked about those. <clears throat> so that's fun, all that shit. Um, let's actually start talking some evolution, um, which is my favorite fucking topic in the world. We're already halfway done with this episode, so another super fucking short one. Uh, maybe if you're lucky, you'll get a bonus episode this week. We'll see how lucky you are. Um, but what these transposons and retrotransposons can do to the genome... Um, as the transposons, I'm just going to fucking call them all transposons because I'm tired of saying transposons and retrotransposons when half of the fucking retrotransposon is transposon. So what these transposons can do is when they insert into the genome, into their, you know, their new place, they can mess with gene function or you can end up with multiple copies of the same gene. And when you have that duplication event, um, you can tweak one of those genes ever so slightly, and what you end up with are genes with related functions, but that do slightly different things. And that can lead to these things called um, like multi-gene families, where you have very similar or identical genes. Um, and a good example of that is hemoglobin. You have alpha hemoglobin, sorry, alpha globin and beta globin. Those are different gene families. Um, you have similar things happening. Um, this is getting a little evolution in your faces. Um, the reasons we can see green and what's the other fucking color? Red. Red and green is because no, yeah, fuck, yes, red and green. Um, chimpanzees can't. They're essentially red green colorblind. But there was a mutation, a duplication like this that happened sometime after. Um, chimpanzees and ancient humans diverged in their evolutionary history where we had this extra copy of the gene that lets us see like blues and yellows it got tweaked ever so slightly now we can see red and green so there you fucking go deal with it it's kind of neat but um, in addition to you know these things um, making duplications and causing these multi-gene families um, some of them can be harmful, and those get eliminated. That's kind of... Everybody listening to this probably has a basic understanding of natural selection, the whole survival of the fittest, which is a fucking bullshit phrase. I will get on a soapbox when we get to that point, and I will rant about how survival of the fittest is the fucking dumbest thing. I hate that phrase, because it implies that I'm getting off topic. Moral of the story, I hate the term survival of the fittest because it implies the wrong thing, but 
what these transposons can do is it provides the raw material for natural selection. There can be harmful ones that get eliminated or ones that are ever so slightly beneficial that get retained and can lead to some evolutionary change. And when you start comparing um, the development of things across um, time, you know, through embryology and all this stuff, these developmental processes, this is where you get into this idea of evo-devo or evolutionary development, um, where if you understand how those changes occurred, that can um, clarify or help elucidate, big SAT word there for you, elucidate, make clearer, um, the evolution of different organisms. Because basically any organism with a body plan has these things called homeotic genes. And I nickname those the head, shoulders, knees, and toes genes because that's what they do. They make sure your head are above your shoulders, which are above your knees, which are above your toes. They deal with um, the placement and spatial organization of body parts. So like I said, head above the shoulders, shoulders above the knees, knees above the toes. Um, and within these homeotic genes, which are known as Hox genes, we have this homeobox gene, um, homeobox, which is kind of ubiquitous, throwing out more SAT words for you, ubiquitous among most life forms. And what it really does is draws these lines between the various dots, um, also known as connecting the dots, for all these various, you know, organisms and kind of connecting their evolutionary past. So that's basically it. That's a whole fucking episode. Now, next time you hear from me, we're going to be talking about Charles fucking Darwin, natural selection, my favorite shit there is. Um, but that'll be next week for you. So something to look forward to. The episodes are going to get much longer. I'm going to try to keep them, you know, concise, but I have the tendency to ramble about this shit because I fucking love it. Um, but until then, we're just going to wrap this up. So, our intro and outro music is the song Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Um, follow us on the Twitter, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. We're at bio for bastards on all of those. You can check out our website to follow along with the PowerPoints. Um, it's biologyforbastards.com. And still working on that merch shit. It'll get be a while probably, so don't rush me. I've been your host, John Doty, and until next time, thanks for listening. So you may have just heard an ad, but I can't end with an ad. So just wanted to say, follow us on Twitter at Bio4Bastards. Um, our intro and outro music is Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. 
Don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And again, thanks for listening.